we could sing a sea shanty. We could, but I feel like we've, as a society, we've moved past sea shanties. Uh, disagree. They've been having a renaissance. They did, but that was like a year and a half ago. No. And in quarantine pandemic time, that's like 10 years. No. Untrue. I think it's pretty true. No. TikTok is still full of sea shanties. That's just because the algorithm. That makes sense. It'd be hard to see a pink marker on red paper. What's happening? What? Nolan is crafting in his room Um, as he is wont to do. But he just came out and said, you can't see this marker on red paper and held up a pink marker. That'll do it, Noli. That'll do it. There once was a ship that put to sea. The name of the ship was a bully of tea. The winds blew up her bow, up down, oh, below my bully boys blow. Soon may the wellerman come to bring us sugar and tea and rum. One day when the tumming is done, we'll take our leave and go. Is this the one with the dude with a super, super deep voice? Uh, I don't think his voice is that deep. Well, there's one where he's like super deep. Let me see if I can find it. I feel like it pops up. Also, this is just for all of our listeners at home. We live in Norman, Oklahoma, which is like landlocked. But we have a store in our town called Sea Shanties, and it's a diving place. I guess for a dirty old lake. And uh, many dirty old. Lakes. Anyway, you I'm at home? To, I'm trying to find this video. The dude's just got like a super bass voice, like Nicki Minaj super bass. Not a not a Megan Trainer all about that bass. No. Oh wow! I can't find it. Why don't we start this one by describing what we're drinking? Water. Well, I uh, have a glass of. Diplomatico Exclusiva Reserva. Of course you do. I, uh, Dominican rum. I believe mm-hmm. Dominican. I could be wrong. Now I gotta look at that. Hold on. Diplomatico Reserva Exclusiva from... Where are you from? Rums are so, like, proud of where they come from that I'm just shocked that I can't... It's not like when you type it in, the first thing. Early in the morning... I'm trying to find this guy. What did you do with the Taylor? What did you do with the Taylor? Or lie in the morning? That's Ooh, Venezuelan rum. Anyway, I'm drinking rum. So the sea shanties. Of course. Um, I'm drinking it neat. If anyone out there is curious, there's nothing in here but pure rum. It's one of my favorite rums. Uh, it is not spiced. Uh, go try a glass. I found him. Bobby Bass is his name on Instagram. Or the dot Bobby Bass. Do we do with a drunken sailor? What do we do with a drunken sailor? What do we do with a drunken sailor? Lie in the morning. Way, oh. up she rises. Way, up she rises. Way, up she rises. Lie in the morning. Way, up she rises. Way, up she rises. Way, up she rises. Lie in the morning. Ready? Very, very deep. What would we do with the drunken sailor? What would we do with the drunken sailor? Yeah, that was basically nothing. What do we do? <clears throat> what do we do with the drunken chance? We do a podcast. It's true. I've had like three sips of my rum. 
Yeah, you're you're schnockered. I am schnockered. Um, I can I can you know see shanty. Mm-hmm. Everything seems shanty. Brought to you by McGraw Hill, unless someone real decides to sponsor us, or someone less scummy than a college textbook producer. This is Boy Meets World Fever, and I'm one of your hosts, Chance. And I'm your other host, Cameron. They also do our books at uh, our elementary school, too. Textbook people, producers are just scum. Yeah, it's pretty um, uh, opportunist. I don't know. Monopolistic. Ridiculous. Evil. To quote... Professor Remus Lupin uh, in uh, Prisoner of Azkaban. Ridiculous. Yep, that too. That too. Anyway. You're over there just sipping on your water. Sipping on my water, having a good time. I've, I've got the good stuff. Mm-hmm. I just don't have any good stuff. Such is my life sometimes. I've seen your freezer. You've got good stuff. Oh, yeah, we've got good stuff. Um, but I just don't want to make anything. Sad. You know, that's life sometimes. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So how you doing? I am well. It was a weird day. I felt like all the kids at our school were on something. Hey, that's how I felt all week. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It was a pretty normal week for me, but today, oh, today was very special. Love to hear that. Yeah, I feel like this was my first full week of being at work since the second week of December, um, just for various reasons, some sickness, some not just haven't had a full week of school that I've been there and boy, do I feel it. And I just feel like just today at the end of the day, I was just like, I feel like I've just been mad this entire week because it's just so much ridiculousness. You have been, you have been. If only I had those powers of suspension, like Mr. Feeney has. You're suspended. Get out. Uh, Does your school do suspensions like that? Cause ours does not. Um, Not like that. Sometimes they'll, people will be suspended, um, but it's very rare. I say that. I feel like there's been a couple times this year that fifth graders in particular have been suspended. See, I feel like our school finds that being suspended like that is more of a treat than a yes, it's true. punishment. So we do in-school suspension. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have some of that too. It's just hard being like spread so thin right now to like have someone handle that. In addition to everything else. I mean, all schools are spread thin right now. Mm-hmm. Hey. Like butter on too much bread. Go buy a teacher or substitute teacher or paraprofessional lunch. Do it. Do Doesn't it doesn't have to be us. No. But we wouldn't hate it if it was. I'm just saying, throwing this out there. Love teachers. Very underappreciated. But at least people know what they are. Paraprofessionals, the school couldn't run without us. Mm-mm. Couldn't do it. And no one's ever like be nice to a paraprofessional. No, they don't even pay you very much. No, we work full time, make like a little more than half of what a teacher makes. Maybe a little less than half. I don't, I'm not sure what a teacher makes in this town. Me neither. Um, we make somewhere around half of what a teacher does. We're full time and we have, I mean, we have benefits like insurance and stuff, but like one of the things that really grinded my gears earlier this year, I've been going to rant about this. 
do it is that one of the teachers came in to cover one of our classrooms because there's been a sub shortage and a teacher shortage. And she's like, Oh, these kids are so fun. Like, I can't believe I just made an extra, like, I think she's like $200 or something like that just for watching these kids and getting to hang out with them. And I was like, excuse me, what did you just say? She's like, yeah, every time we cover a classroom with, with our plan or with our like lunch period or something, we get money. I was just like, are you kidding me? Do you know how many different sped classrooms I've covered? Yeah, you like, should get something. We get Jack. That's what we get. You should, you should talk to someone because when, that shouldn't be the case. Like when there is no sped teacher available, no sub available and no one covers, they just ask the paras like, are you guys good? Can you handle that classroom? And we're like, of course we can. I mean, of course, cause you're there all the time. Yeah. And the kids like, need routine and familiarity and that's you guys. Yep. And we're just like, I'm just like, we don't get, it's not like they do more than us. <laughs> yeah. Especially in those moments when like you're literally doing it. Yeah. And so I was just like, man, there's really no benefit to being a para. Yeah. $200. That seems like a bunch because if we cover a class, we get $17 before taxes. Oh, she said she got like quite a bit of money. I don't know. I mean, if she's doing it every day, I guess on like a pay period, you could really notice that sort of thing. But um, as our listeners have surely guessed, this is a Boy Meets World podcast. With rum. With rum and water. Not together. Two separate drinks. In two separate households. In two separate cities. That's right. It's Boy Meets World Fever Remote Week. It's true. I am dog sitting at my girlfriend's house. Very exciting. And I'm just at my house. Sitting. You are You are sitting in your own house. In a chair. You are not in a chair you it's a stool yeah i feel like your back is gonna be killing you by the end of this yeah i mean this is the stool i sat in for five hours putting together that gundam so i feel like it's not going to be that long okay well let's talk about gundam real quick and then circle back to boy meets world (laughs) let's not and say we did we can just direct our listeners to last week's episode where we had things to say because i don't have anything to say right now um you haven't watched any more Iron Blooded Orphans? I haven't, but I've been really busy. There's always time for IBO. Maybe tonight. Maybe I'll watch one after this. That'd be a good choice. It's it's very good. That Barbatos, he's pretty cool. It's a, it's a slick machine. Mm-hmm. I don't even know how far you are. Like episode, I've watched three, I think. Oh, you aren't even at the great parts yet. No, I was just at the beginning. Mm-hmm. He did a duel with that one guy. Yeah, and his... Uh... Mono eye suit. I forget what the one uh, is. I forget but that name. main the main character, I forget his name at the moment, but he just does not have any qualms with just wasting people. No. But I mean the, it's just part of like trauma. Yeah. The dichotomy of that is kind of a big part of the whole series and like his self-actualization and his inability to self-actualize. But it is also one of the only series where um the Gundam pilot isn't actually the main character is it like the whole crew um it's he is kind of shares um i'm trying to remember his name he kind of shares main character duty with um um what's his name let me look the purple hair guy purple hair oh i like his purple is it not purple well i guess it's purple i've always thought of it as white yes it's orgo I've always thought of his hair as white, but I guess it's kind of a light, light, light purple. 
The purple I've always just thought of as like shadow. Mm. It's a suggestion of purple. Yeah, Mikazuki and Orga. Yeah, they're kind of the the co leads of the season of the of the series. But then the real the real winner is Biscuit and his sisters. Um, I forget their names, but they're also very good. They are all very good. Biscuit, Biscuit Cookie, and Cracker. Biscuit, he's got some. He's got he's got some moments coming. And his grandmother, Sakura Pretzel. Okay, sure. That's amazing. Anyway, um, Gundam apparently has really good names. Biscuit, Cookie, and Cracker. Those are my kids' names. Here's some other characters from that season. Hush, Mitty. That's a good name. Atramixta. Carta Issue. That's a sick name. Laughter Franklin. Love that. McGillis Farid. Oh, these are good. It, it's a Crank. good. There's a guy named Crank. It is he's not my... It is not my favorite of all Gundam series, but it is a very good Gundam series. Echo Turbine, that that is a good name. Chad Chadden. Yeah. This is my new favorite person. Echo Turbine is so much cooler than Chad Chadden. <laughs> yeah, Echo Turbine is amazing. Anyway, that's enough for Gundam Corner. Apparently our other new bit that we're doing. Um, but this week we are here talking about Episode four of season five of What Meets World, the name of which I am completely blanking on. Uh, Fraternity Fraternity, Row. Fraternity Row, which is funny that that's what they named it, because I don't feel like that's the real focus of the episode. And that plot sucks. Mm -hmm. And it's like, because we have some friends that are philosophers, like one who's an actual doctor of philosophy. Mm hmm. Um that I wanted to have on for this episode, but I completely forgot that the philosophy plot was part of this episode. It's true. We should, we should call him and just, what do you, what do you got to say about Schopenhauer? Dialectic reasoning. Why is that a ridiculous thing to say in a classroom? Because there's far easier ways to say arguments based on facts. Um, Talk about structuralism. Structuralism. No, stop it. (laughs) These are just, these are just words that sound smart that aren't. (laughs) <laughs> just a word salad it is i love a good word salad actually i really don't i find it annoying this is uh the second week in a row where i'm finding a plot and i'm saying hey this plot sucks uh-huh. yeah the fraternity row one definitely isn't good i feel like this is another week where we're going to talk about one and then we can talk about the other one but first i need to hit us with a synop you do you do um, so jack and eric are trying to meet women um particularly by joining a fraternity, but then rather than face the humiliation of joining a fraternity, they decide to start their own and um, not a lot of hilarity ensues. Um, On the other side, Sean, in an attempt to meet one of these college women, pretends he's in a a philosophy class um, and kind of realizes, hey, college ain't so bad. Um, hilarity, Hilarity doesn't ensue too much in that one either. Not a super funny episode. No, not there's a some moments. Episode. There's some moments. Corey yeah. in the Corey in the philosophy class is very funny. It's true. It's true. So one thing I want to do real quick. Uh huh. I want to count the number of scenes both plots have. Okay. So let's start with Eric and Jack. There's... I don't. I didn't write anything down. Well, that's fine. It's in the hallway, right? Uh-huh. Then in the um in the school hallway. School hallway. Then it's back in the hallway again. 
Yeah, back in their apartment hallway again. Um, the party. Does it go straight to the party from there? Yes. Because okay. in the hallway, when the hallway is when Jack comes in the dress and then says that the guy's from the love boat. That's true. I'm sorry, okay. I'm just blowing all the surprises for our, actually, our philosopher friend who never watches the show. And now he just knows <laughs> all these random things. And then, yeah. like, the actual, the actual party, I think there's four scenes. There's four scenes and then the tag at the end, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, um, so five-ish scenes for that plot. And then for the what I would call the main plot, mm-hmm. there is um, the classroom the first time. Uh-huh, where he's clipping coupons. No, that comes later. No, he clips coupons when they first get their papers passed out at the very beginning. I thought he... No, okay. Then the first scene for this one then is in the, in the apartment hallway. Mm-hmm. Okay, he meets the girl at the apartment hallway. He's in the classroom clipping coupons. He's in the classroom. Um, Corey's in there trying to write a note for Sean. I can't remember how to spell his name. Yeah. Then he's in the classroom. Um, he's college. like in the hall talking to Sean. Or Yeah, Sean's in the college class. Sean's in the hall, the senior hallway writing his paper. Yeah. And then Corey covers for him in class. Um, Corey that- goes to college class. That's six. Um, Feeney. Over the fence, Sean's paper seven. Okay, so it is by far the main focus of the episode. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, thankfully, mm-hmm. yes. Because I feel like it's it's good. I yeah, the, we have things to talk about with that side. Of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have nothing to say about the Corey and Eric. Yeah, we basically the Jack and Eric. We basically already said what's going what happened, but let's just walk through it bit by bit because that's our chosen lot in life to do this, and so. It would be wrong for us not to. We could New be girls sued. in 3B. I guess the old girls mm-hmm. failed out or something. Maybe it's roommates. It could be. Yeah. there could. It could be a four-person. Mm-hmm. Okay. But eventually they're going to run out of women in 3B. <laughs> yeah, because we meet two new 3B girls. Mm-hmm. And then we already knew one other 3B girl. Two others. Oh, yeah, because I was her roommate. <clears throat> so... That's it. There's no one else in 3B. Maybe. Supposedly. Um, I don't know. Maybe they just got a lot of people living there. Could be. But Jack is sitting in the hall in a lounge chair trying to meet girls, um, saying he's studying, mm-hmm. but he, he's meeting girls. And the girl in 3B, the woman in 3B, is like, I, I don't even remember. But then Eric walks out, walks out of the elevator in a dress. Um because he was walking by the fraternity house. There were a lot of girls there. So he decided to pledge. And I guess this is part of it where he had to wear a dress. That's for $200? Yeah. That's the part he's the most upset about is he spent $200 on the dress and he doesn't have a reason to wear it again. It didn't look great. No. Not, not the best dress. I mean, it was one of those 80s dresses, poofy sleeves. Mm-hmm. Just not it's, a- it really didn't. It didn't... Um, it didn't accentuate his best features. Jack's dress later is all right. Yeah. I feel like Jack has more of a body for mm-hmm. a dress than an Eric does. Yeah. Well, and Eric just needs to find the right dress for mm-hmm. his body. Yeah, we could see what Clinton and Stacy have to say. You know, it's about dressing your body type. I don't know. Who not every, not every, uh, from what not to wear. Um, uh, not every outfit is for every person. You just have to find what works for you, you know? Mm-hmm. Learn to accessorize, do the right thing with the hair, put a like belt, belt it. You got to belt it. Mm-hmm. I've watched a lot of what not to wear. I have never seen it. Early Netflix streaming that was on there. And we lived in Boston 
And my wife and I would just watch that in the evening. Did it take place in Boston? No. I forget where exactly it took place. But we watched a lot of What Not to Wear. I think we watched all all the episodes. I've I've never seen it. I've seen one episode of Queer Eye for the Straight Guy. Actually, just Queer Eye now. Yeah, just Queer Eye. For anyone. Mm -hmm. Still mostly straight men, though. Well, the one I saw was a gay priest, so. Oh, so not. Mm -hmm. They're branching out. Diversifying. Queer eye for the queer guy. Mm -hmm. Which still works. Yeah. I never realized that, um, I forget his name, the host of Chopped was one of the original guys from the original show. Oh, did not know that. Yeah, I didn't either. I mean, I didn't watch it originally, but uh, that's neither here nor there because Eric is in a dress. They're talking about how hard it is. Queer eye for the straight guy is more interesting than Eric and Jack. (laughs) I've never even seen it. And it's more interesting. Okay, keep going. Um, I'm just trying to get through it, and you're not letting me. We'll, we'll finish this plot, and then we'll do a yeasty boys. If Ooh. you have any interesting bread, I, I do. Okay, good. So, pay attention, folks. We're going to get to the good stuff, which is the bread. Um, I forget where we were. Oh, but they're just talking about it's just humiliating joining a fraternity. Like if only they could do that themselves. And Jack's like, no, that's a tu- that's stupid. Um, cut to eventually they're in the hallway at school. Eric's passing out flyers for a fraternity party, but it's at their apartment. You continue with this plot. I uh, bought Pokemon Legends Arceus a while back. I'm just going to. A while back. It came out today. <laughs> it did come out today. <laughs> a while back, like an hour ago. Um, turn this up so you guys can get to that good, good music. We're going to get shut down. Nintendo is extremely litigious. I'm not joking about this one. You're right. I'll stop playing Legends Arceus while you talk. That three milliseconds of a song is going to get our whole business shut down. No, all the money we make. Yeah, I I said business to avoid saying like uh, a cuss. And I didn't want to say it. For the (laughs) children. The only way to avoid the cuss. Our entire shoot shut down. Um, But... Jack is like, what are you doing? Like, we're not a fraternity. We're going to get in trouble. You're going to get us kicked out of school. And Eric's just like, no, the dean loves me. And then the dean is right behind him. He's like, what are you doing in my school? Clearly doesn't love him because the dean sucks. Mm-hmm. The dean of what? I don't know. Whoever he is, he sucks, though. Yeah, I have no idea. I I feel like this is his last appearance. I hope so. He's the worst. I can't. Um, I don't. I don't remember another appearance of this guy. I can't really think of one. I think the focus of Eric and Jack dies off pretty significantly after this episode. That's also good because I haven't been loving it. Yeah, it hasn't been great. I I mean, they're in other episodes, but I feel like this whole like co-lead thing they've been kind of doing. I feel like it dies off. I could be wrong. I'm going to look while you keep going. Okay. Um, But the Dean is like, what's the name of your fraternity? And they're like, Eric's looking around. He's like, uh, 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 and he sees a guy in a Magnum PI shirt. He's just like Magnum pie. It's like Magnum pie. Never heard of it. Oh, we started in Hawaii, um, the university of Hawaii, which I think is quick thinking on Eric's part. And then the Dean goes and asks the guy in the shirt. He like, doesn't notice he's wearing the Magnum PI shirt. And so he's like, have you ever heard of this Magnum pie? And the guy's like, I don't know. Um, but the Dean is just like, if you, that basically just lays down the thread of like, if the, like you're going to get kicked out of school, if you're pretending to have a fraternity, I guess. Um, yeah, I don't, apparently, 
I don't know. I don't know. This doesn't seem real to me, but you know, they didn't ask me. Um, then we cut to Eric is attaching the Greek letters to their door of their apartment. Mm-hmm. Um, Jack comes up in a dress and says he passed a fraternity house and decided to rush them because you can just do that. Apparently, you, yeah, you just go inside and they're like, yeah, rush me. Dress. Rush me. <laughs> Here's your dress. Here is your um, party date. Um, but he comes up looking a lot better in his red dress. It has, it has like a little neckerchief that looks pretty good. Um, but then who should come up to their apartment but the dean? Mm-hmm. Yet again, um, he calls Jack Shelley. Yeah. Um, which is weird. There's just kind of this weird undercurrent of the dean being into Jack when Jack is dressed in a dress. You think the dean's in the Jack? Well, there's a thing later where he's like, ever since I wore the dress, I can't shake the dean. He makes that, he says that later. Oh, I was thinking more like, I'm going to kick this guy out of my school because he's a cross-dresser. No, I was thinking it was like, he was into it a little bit. And then Jack oh. is like, I'm very uncomfortable. Maybe that's why we don't see the dean anymore. Maybe that's why we don't see him. Uh, I was incorrect. Next week, we also have a very Jack and Eric focused episode. All right, which is a Pembroke. But Though I am Sean excited for it. Yeah, Sean is going to be there. That's it's true. not just the two of them doing their own thing. Yeah, I am excited for this one. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, but then the dean is like, there is no Magnum Pie. I called my niece who goes to the University of Hawaii at Oahu and... She said she's never even heard of it because, of course, you know every single Greek house at your university. Uh, maybe she's in Greek life, and then she would probably know. But Eric's just like, we don't have a, a branch at the Oahu, Oahu campus. We only have one on the island of uh, Humana, 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 which is mm-hmm. an attempt at a joke. Um, but then the, I feel like I'm just talking a lot. No, I, I think Chance it. is playing Pokemon. No. Oh, okay. He's he's texting or maybe scrolling I am not Twitter. Texting. I, I I actually am on Twitter. I'm checking um something that we'll talk about later. Okay. Okay. Um I really am. See? I'm trying to remember all this. I just watched it and it just left such little impact on me. Um but he's like, How are you funded? The dean says that, and Eric's like, alumni. And then alumni. alumni. Oh, yeah, like alumni donations. He's like, what sort of alumni? And then Jack finally is just like rich celebrity alumni. Um, and then he eventually settles on two characters from the love boat, How, two actors from the love boat. There's like a progression of this. He's like, oh, he goes, he's like, I, I would, would love, love to, to hear. And he's like, love, love the love boat. Yeah. And I forget their names. Um, Ted, gonna, well, I'll look it up. I'm going to look it up. Oh, Cameron, Google something. Not chance something. Fraternity Row, Boy Meets World. I really want to get past this. So it's not just me talking about the episode, but us having fun. I mean, I'm having fun. Yes. Cause you're playing Pokemon. I'm not playing Pokemon. I haven't even done that yet. Mm-hmm. But it's Bernie Capel and Ted Lange. Bernie Capel. Bernie Capel was the doctor on the love boat. And Ted Lange was, I guess the bartender. Can I get anybody a drink? I watched Ooh. like half an episode of love boat in my life. I Legitimately, when I think of the word love boat, I think of a heart floating on a river, mm-hmm. of, like a, a heart shaped boat floating on a river, because I have no clue. Sister Act 2 is what I think of when I think of the love boat. 
because there's a scene when they're like, the, okay, so Sister Act 2, this is a worthwhile um, divergence. Sister Act 2 is one of the best movies ever made. Um, you, you, you think this. And, but Whoopi Goldberg, in the first one, she's in the witness protection program posing as a nun. Um, and in the second one, she's not anymore, but the nuns that she was with before are working at a school, like an inner city school, I think in like San Francisco, um, a Catholic school, and they need someone to teach the music class. So who should they go to? But the woman who taught them all how to sing and work together and overcome any obstacle through the power of music, which is Whoopi Goldberg, um, naturally. So she comes and these kids and they're like, we, this is, this is a blow off class. Um, we're not interested. We're too cool for this. Um, Lauren Hill is kind of the main student character. Um, but eventually, you know, she wins them over and warms their hearts. With and, the power of love. No, the power of music. With the power but of love. She's got all the kids and she's getting them to start being comfortable singing together and like like together as a group and she starts to singing mary had a little lamb and like the kids are like yeah and then one girl's like i don't know that song um and they're like okay well she's like that's fine what do you know and then she starts singing the theme song to the love boat which i just think is very funny and probably very true especially like at that point that's like early 90s so it's like if you were a kid in the late eighties, kind of growing up, you think inner, like inner city, probably left home alone. If like your parents are working. And so you just watch TV. And so, you know, the theme to like the TV shows. Um, it's true. I know many, many TV show themes. Mm-hmm. Cause they raised me. Yeah. Right. It's a recognition in this day and age to read any good news on the newspaper page. I'm not going to join you in singing because we're remote and I just know it's going to sound bad. Sad love and tradition and grand design. Some people say it's even harder to find. Oh, there must be some magic brew inside these gentle walls. Cause all I see is a tower of dreams. Real love bursting out every scene. Do, 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 Days go by. It's the bigger love that makes family. I could do that part. Um, yeah. I don't know the love boat theme song, so I'm singing that one. Just the love boat. Soon we'll be making another run. That's all I really know. Oh, okay. Um, but yes, so Bernie Capel and Ted Lange from the Love Boat are the celebrity donors, the celebrity alumni donors for Magnum Pie. And so the dean is like, well, I look forward to meeting them at the alumni or at the fraternity, fraternity. party. Because that Which makes sense. All alum come to the fraternity party? Apparently. There's a lot. I just, there's just a lot of not knowing how these things work and just kind of hand waving, which sometimes I'm willing to forgive. I don't know in this case if I really am. It's just kind of like okay, don't care enough about it not to forgive it. Yeah, I just want it to be over. Um, but then we cut to the party, and it's just Jack and Eric with a whole bunch of women. Not another, not a, not another dude in sight. Yes, and they're just like, well, it's time to 
start the party, ladies, to the closet. I don't know. Just to the just, closet. Yeah, I'd cram in the closet with 20 women. Um, it looks like a big closet. But then the dean comes in and he's like, aha, like I knew this wasn't real. But then who should walk in but uh, Bernie Capel and Ted Lange? Yeah, apparently the dean's a big fan. He uh, He's like, the worst part about this lie you told me I'd get to meet the love boat guys. And uh, Eric tells the only good joke of this plot, Jack, hold my hand and pray. (laughs) Hold my hand and pray, but then who should walk in but the love boat guys? And Jack has called them and paid them a lot of money, probably that money that he, you know, he works over the summer um, for his money. So is that money? And he paid off the love boat guys to come. But the Dean is both excited that they're there, but also not buying it. But then he just says the fraternity needs to be shut down and this is over. And the love boat guys are coming with me. So we famously went to the same school as Garth Brooks. Uh huh. So I've been looking to see if Garth Brooks was in a fraternity. Mm-hmm. And it does not seem that he was. No, I don't think so. Cause he lived at that one house. Well, yeah, but fraternity guys live in houses all the time. No, they only live in the house. Alpha Gamma Rho has a thing on theirs that says, while we would like to claim Oklahoma State University graduated Garth Brooks as a member of our fraternity, he is not and was never a member of the Pi chapter. So I don't know why they said that. I have no idea either. Just trying to touch the glory, I guess. Yeah, because I wanted... I wanted to like go to a frat party or like send one of our friends who still lives there to a frat party and like I uh, wouldn't want to do that to them. Just to see I mean if if the celebrity alumni always I feel like that can't that can't be real because no. we would have heard about it. Because yeah. do you remember when Kevin Durant came to a flag football game and it was like uh, the biggest deal? It was like in the in the school paper that Kevin Durant came to an OSU intramural flag football game and like played. It was like during the NBA lockout I feel like that when we were like 2011, 2012. When our state didn't hate Kevin Durant more than they hate the devil himself. Right. Now it's like Kevin Durant, Governor Stitt, the devil in that order, depending on who you ask. Most people though, the governor is at that level. I would agree. Just, just below Kevin Durant. Just below Dev- Kevin Durant, above Satan, the Lord of Hell himself, mm-hmm. um, and above Luce- and above Hitler. Yeah, it's really weird, but you know, you know, <laughs> that's yes. how we roll around here. But then the dean comes in. He's mad. He's like, "You told me I'd get to meet Bernie." Yes, yeah, so we've already been over this. Lynch. We definitely already covered this. Yeah, but then Jack plays a flute. Uh-huh. A boat whistle. And they come in. And they're like, and Bernie Capel's like, can I get anybody a drink? He does his little point. Ted Land is like, I hate it when you do that. You're just mad because I outranked you on the ship. Yeah. He's like, you do know that you weren't actually a doctor on a boat. And there's like this joke that kind of runs throughout or of him not we're not sure if he doesn't realize that the characters he plays on TV are fake. Yeah, um, it's true. I don't know. I don't know if that was a thing. You've um, never forgiven me for bringing you on the boat. Mm-hmm. But then the Dean says they have to come with him after he kind of ends all the shenanigans and well, ends the shenanigans tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Party shut down tomorrow or the fraternity shut down tomorrow. Mm-hmm. 
but he takes them and he, he's like, you're meeting my mother. He's like, well, we, you know, we can't do that. He's like, well, she, my mom, my mom is a really big get smart fan. And I guess Ted Lange was on Bernie, Bernie Capel is a character on get smart, which I've only really ever seen the Steve Carell movie of get smart, which was fine. As far as I remember. And they're like, we can, we can stop by. Mm-hmm. So they do apparently. And then in the end, we can just talk about the end while we've got the love boat guys here. And then they've got to go back on their boat, assuming they're still alive. I don't know. I don't want to look, Um, but they're like sitting at the Matthews table and like talking and they're like, well, we really got to go. We, you know, we've been here a while. And they're like, no, tell us one more. They're not tell us one more story. There's like one more story. And then they're like, no, we really need to go. We've been here six hours. (laughs) Alan's like, no, my son paid you and you're going to sit here. And my wife is going to tell you another story. <laughs> yeah, the Matthews family is so funny. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a very funny reversal of expectations in that moment. Like that's like humor 101. You just got to switch those expectations, you know? And I, just, I thought the end was like the one redeeming part of the whole Eric and Jack storyline. Oh, really? Just because of that. Just because of that you're going to sit and my wife's going to tell you one more story, which is, it's very funny. Uh, Ted Lange is alive in 74. Oh, good for him. Uh, he just celebrated his 74th birthday on January 5th. Happy birthday, Ted. Happy birthday. Keep going. Um, now I'm just looking at Bernie Capel. No, I He's still alive it. too. Bernie Capel, 88 years old. We celebrate big eight, nine on June 21st. How fun. Oh, I see an ad for The Legend of Vox Machina. I kind of want to check that out. I guess it's the cartoon, or the, the show version of uh, Critical Role. Yeah, something like that. But I've never, I've, I've been too intimidated by Critical Role, but I feel like I could watch like a TV show. It's one of those things that could only exist in the modern day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just don't, I feel like the Critical Role episodes are so long and there's so many that I, yes, even I cannot commit to those. It's like, I'll do Friends at the Table, but I can't do Critical Role. And I find Friends at the Table to be more engaging. Anyway, yeah, I said it. Paul Gleason is the dean's name. Uh Uh-huh. Is he dead? That's what I'm looking up. I don't know. Oh, there's almost no personal information about him on IMDb. P-A-U. Paul Gleason. He died in 2006. Ah, Paul. Paul. What you doing? How could you, Paul? He was in the Breakfast Club. Oh, is he the the bad principal in the Breakfast Club? Well, now it all makes sense, doesn't it? From he died from plural mesophilioma. Oh no, he was around asbestos, according to the TV. That's where that comes from. Anyway, and you are. But that's missed? the Jack and Eric plot. That's apparently the A plot and gets the title of the episode, but actually isn't very good. And I basically just talked through it, and we um, were distracted the whole time. So I promise at this second half, we're going to be a lot more focused, more attentive, at least 97% more jokes than we just had. Oh, he was in an episode of Magnum P.I. That's kind of funny. <laughs> I wonder if that's why they did it. Probably not. I mean, maybe. I'm looking to see if he was in the love boat. That was my intention of looking him up in the first place. It does not look like he is, though. Whenever I think of the love boat theme song, because you didn't really sing it for me, um, mm-hmm. 
I think of Love Shack just replaced with Love Boat. Love Boat, baby, Love Boat. If only. Okay, so Chance, you know what time it is? What time is it? No, sleep till Bobka. No, sleep till Bobka. Yeah, that's that's right, right, everybody. It's podcast within a podcast time. The Yeasty Boys are here. Oh, yeah, Yeasty Boys. To tell you about some good bread. I just want to do an honorable mention real quick. I don't know where they're all located, but Raising Cane's is a chicken restaurant. But when you order their meals, it comes with a bread, like a slice of toast. That toast is some of the best toast in the business. It's true. It's very it's good. Very good. Um, it's just I don't know what exactly kind it is. It's just like white bread. But they put they butter it and grill it, and it's like real good. It's good. It's good bread. Um, in the town where Cameron and I went to college, that I lived in for another seven-ish years after, um, me and some of Cameron's best friends uh, did what we called a chicken crawl, mm-hmm. where we went to the different chicken restaurants, and you had to get bread at one place, an entree, a side. Um, a dessert. Did you have then, to get a sandwich too? No, you could get either a second entree or an appetizer. Oh no, it was it was appetizer or dessert, and either a second entree or a second side. So five pla- five chicken restaurants, five things you had to get. Mm-hmm. One um, and when Canes came out up as part of the conversation, really the only thing all of us were like, yeah, we want Canes bread. Like the chicken's good, the fries are fine. Yeah, what is fries that? are nothing. The Cane's fries are absolutely nothing to write home about. No, they're fine. And the chicken is like mid tier. Yeah, and I find most most chicken restaurants chicken strips to kind of be mid tier. There's none that I'm like, this is the one above all else. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I love Chick Fil A chicken strips. I think they're good. Those are but, good. But this isn't Rockadoodle Chicken Time. This is Yeasty Boys. Tell us about that bread. But yeah, so, but I'm just backing up your point uh-huh. that all of us chose cane bread, Cane's bread. Mm-hmm. Because it's so good. It was so good. Um, anyway, uh, today at school, I am in a home ec class with a student. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were planning their lab for next week and their lab for next week is going to be drop biscuits <gasps> yes drop biscuits and because it's the end of their spice unit so they have to be that or uh their spices and herbs um unit herbs and so spices unit brought to you by kfc yeah exactly um so it's the end of that unit so they've got to make herbs and spices drop biscuits and i was like man I love a good drop biscuit. Uh, for those of you out there who don't know, drop biscuits aren't quite as layered. They're mm-hmm. more just like biscuits. Biscuits are one of the hardest things to bake, right? From what I've heard. Well, yeah, yeah. Like they're layered good. They're very difficult because they're just yeah. It's just a lot going on, and a lot of ways it can go wrong. Yeah, layered biscuits are for sure, but drop biscuits is just like a pile of dough. Yeah, you just blows. Slap the bisquick, pour some milk in there, stir it up, and drop it on the sheet. Yeah. Well, you can get more complicated. Well, yeah. But, but. At, at its purest form, that's all you really have to do. And I was sitting there thinking, like, man, back right around the time, like, we were finishing up college and everything, I made some rosemary cheddar drop biscuits that were 
Mm. Beautiful. But because of that, because of all the talk of, of drop biscuits, I was like, man, God give me some of them Cheddar Bay biscuits. You went back? I did. When? For dinner tonight. You monster. But I mean, you know, family and whatnot. I'm happy for you. It's true. I ate like six or seven Cheddar Bay biscuits. Mm. I mean, our entire audience, if they're with us to this point, they know we love those things. It's true. They're so good. Cheddar Bay biscuits. Actually, in this house that I am in right now, my, my girlfriend thinks my love of Cheddar Bay biscuits is kind of funny. But we have a box of Cheddar Bay biscuit mix. Mm-hmm. I've seen that in uh, real, and your house. But we have uh, something that I didn't know existed until recently: frozen Cheddar Bay biscuits. What? It's like frozen dough with you little just, packets. Like, put them on a little pan or a yep. little sheet pan and put them in the oven. Yep. Amazing. So we have both of those in this house that I'm in right now. All right. But we needed them right now. So we went to the restaurant. Yes, of course. Well, this is all for the yeasty boys this week. Just to recap, we talked about toast at Raising Cane's and Cheddar Bay Biscuits from Red Lobster. And Rosemary Cheddar Biscuits. Well, yeah, just drop biscuits in general, but specifically Cheddar Bay Biscuits. My student and his group are going to make garlic, or not garlic. Well, I mean, it's probably going to have garlic, but uh, Italian herb buttermilk biscuits. Mmm, buttermilk biscuits. This is my first time doing a lab with him in this class, Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm hoping I get to just Yeah, I mean, it'd be wrong to not let you sample. Chance you have to you have to do is relax your face entirely and just say buttermilk biscuits. It's very satisfying. Buttermilk biscuits. <laughs> buttermilk biscuits. Buttermilk biscuits. But that's all for the yeasty boys this week. So join us next week when we maybe try babka. Probably not. Probably not. I don't know. We'll see what our be guests, a fun bakery we'll see, maybe around. We'll, maybe we'll ask our guest to prepare some of her thoughts on bread. Mm. when our guest comes we say tell me all your thoughts on bread because i really want to eat them <laughs> oh we will I we will we meet her really want to not meet we'll just say meet them i eat them man i'm not gonna spoil it but there's something very special about our guest next week i'm excited but i'm gonna sing us out no sleep Till Bobka, no sleep. Till Bobka, what 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 have we become? Um, the best show on the internet. I I mean, clearly, we're shooting to fill that void that's going to be left by Joe Rogan. Wait, what happened to Joe Rogan? I just feel like most people that are sane don't like him very much. Well, yeah, he's a dick. So we're, it's time for us to, we're going to fill that void, which is some wholesome goodness. No, sleep, tell Bobka. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about the good half of this episode. Yes. Which is the Sean and Corey and Feeney half. Mm-hmm. Topanga's okay. there a little bit. But she's insufferable. Mm-hmm. I don't like my Topanga insufferable. Like I said last week, RIP Topanga. <sighs> The Topanga we know and love is dead. Long live I have Topanga. hope for Topanga. I have hope for you, Pangy. Mm-hmm. Pangers. Pangers. Um, Topi. But this storyline starts, just as the other one did, in the hallway. 
mm-hmm. outside the apartment. The only crossover these two plots have yeah. is a lawn chair. Mm-hmm. In this lawn chair with a book. And Sean sits in and he's like, ah, college. Like, isn't it great? Um, and Corey's like, like, why? Like, studying. He's like, they don't actually study. Are you kidding? And then this girl from 3B walks by. And she's like, hey, are you studying? And he says, like, yep, yepers or something. Yeah. And you betcha. Like, that, that's college talk. And she's just, she doesn't seem interested. No. Um, but then she notices his book and he's like, oh, are you in Western philosophy? And he's mm-hmm. like, yeah, of course. And she's like, okay, I'll, I'll save you a seat tomorrow. I'll see ya. Um, though the question is, is Jack in Western philosophy? <laughs> I think so. Because he was sitting outside studying that book. So shouldn't he be in that class? I, I, I would assume. But he's never he's never in any of those scenes. Um, but then it's just kind of the setup here. And then um, we find ourselves at the school. And Feeney's passing some papers back out. And Sean has just not done a good job. He's not paying attention in class. He's like clipping coupons. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're like, do you see yourself in college? Or is this how you plan to react in college? And he's like, no, it's not. Not going to college. Yeah. Um, the whole thing, Feeney's apparently teaching English, I guess. Yeah, who who knows? I don't know um, if they ever say specifically, you write papers in other classes. So maybe he's just teaching something else. Maybe he's like, well, the English teacher can get done what needs to be done, so I'll uh-huh. do it. So I naturally have to do it. I'm the only teacher in this school. Um, and he, he's teaching them a lesson and he's like, what's wrong with this sentence? And Topanga's like, I know. And he's like, yes, but you're 10 for 10 to give someone else a chance. So he goes to Corey and he's like, she's 11 for 11. (laughs) Because she goes, he won't know this one. Um, and then Vini goes, I'm surprised no one, I'm not surprised no one knows what's wrong with this sentence. And Topanga goes, I do. Mm-hmm. And he's like, most of you have forgotten the basics. Yeah. I'm kind of like, <sighs> yeah, they, they set up this, this argument here of like senior year of college or senior year of high schools getting the basics to go to college. And I'm just like, if you're just getting the basics in your senior year, like, what are you doing? Well, yeah, there's a lot of problems with this. Um, we'll get to them later, but yeah, there's a lot of problems with this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's basically it for that scene. Mm-hmm. Just kind of setting that up of Sean's like, eh, college. Yeah. Um, Feeney's like, you have to work hard and remember the basics so you can go to college and learn the advanced stuff. Uh-huh. Um, and Topanga knows everything. Yep. And Corey is not terrible in this episode, actually. No, he's he plays concerned Corey well in this episode. Mm-hmm. And super panicked Corey a little bit, which I also kind of enjoy sometimes in small doses. Yeah. Um, but then we cut to, is this when we are in the philosophy class? I, that's what I was trying to remember. Does he go to the philosophy class right now? Or do they do the whole, like, I don't know where he is thing first, where he's writing. I think they note. do have that where he's like, trying to write a note for Sean for not being in class. And he's like, do you spell it S-E-A-N or S-H-A-W-N? We actually need to add a timeline here real quick, though. Uh-huh. They're in the exact same clothes. Uh-huh. 
is clearly the exact same day, but they're back in Feeney's class. So they have it multiple times. They at least have him twice that day. Which isn't out of the ordinary for this show. We all remember eighth grade year, seventh grade year, whatever it was, with four English classes. Well, Cameron, now, come now. Seventh grade year that was retroactively turned into eighth grade year. The Knights of the Lights went out in Philadelphia. That's true. You know this. You You were a keeper of the lore. It's true. I slipped in my sacred duty. And I want to, I beg forgiveness from the, the 10 elders that they might, they might overlook my, um, my uh, malfeasance. Our, our 10 elders, Chance, Cameron, Scott, Wesley, Liner, Anderson, John, Paul, George, and Ringo. <laughs> John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Those are the elders. Those are the 10. I hope they forgive me. I'm three of misogynist so. group, actually. Uh-huh. No women. Uh, none. Uh, but Sean is, tr- or Corey's trying to cover for Sean. Can't remember how to spell his name. He's like, we're more phone people. Um, which is funny. Sean is one of those names. Yes. I feel like this is a joke about, like, I am certain this was a joke about, like, magazines getting it wrong and stuff. Uh-huh. Surely. Because you, you just know that's going to happen. And this was the height of the show's popularity. Like, it was everywhere at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so Feeney's like, and where is Mr. Hunter? I don't know where this Feeney deep voice impression has come from, from both of us. Um, it's not quite right, but I like it. I can't do Feeney's voice, though. So. I don't, I can't really I do something. And where is Mr. Hunter? Um, and then I want everyone cut. to know at home, mm-hmm. I have finished my two fingers of rum. Mm-hmm. He can't even look straight. Empty rum cup. The rum cup. Why is the rum gone? I was just thinking, why is the rum gone? Because I, it's delicious. And it's the right it. thing to think. That's one of the, I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean really holds up. I agree. A, I've not, it's been a long time since I watched the fourth one. I don't remember thinking it was very good. And I've never watched the fifth one, but the trilogy is very solid. Um, I think the first one is perfect without the second two. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's probably I'd, I'd, I'd say the first Pirates of the Caribbean is a perfect movie I agree with you Yeah, if not perfect, nearly perfect But yes, I it, think And it does not need a sequel It is fantastic on its own The trilogy is fine to me I think it's an I think it's excellent I, I struggle with the second one a lot um, And the third one isn't super deep But it is a lot of fun Keith Richards is in it Who's Keith Richards in it? He's um the one of the pirate lords. Oh, fun. Because that's who Johnny Depp said he kind of modeled Jack Sparrow after. Oh, and then he's like the Jack Sparrow mentor. Uh-huh. Like super, super badass pirate. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I think I think it's really good. I watched him about a year and a half ago again. I watched him during the quarantine too. Just very, very good. The, the three I, I haven't ever seen past four wasn't on Disney Plus at the time, and so I just gave up. I'm like, I don't care. I'm not just going to watch the fifth one. Um, I don't, I don't love Javier Bardem that much to just watch this. I know there's been a big push to get him in the next Pirates of the Caribbean mo- movie, Johnny Depp. But I'm like, mm-hmm. I feel like Jack Sparrow's time is. Yeah, that let's leave that in like the mid two thousands, kind of where it belongs. Yeah, I would love a new Pirates of the Caribbean. If Pirates of the Caribbean was a serialized like set of 
pirate movies. Mm-hmm. I'd be fantastic with that. What if we steampunkified it and we had Sky Pirates of the Caribbean? Love it. Print it. Love it. <laughs> Print it. Though why we're stuck to the Caribbean for Sky Pirates, I have no idea. Because that is where all of the air gold is. Okay. In the moon okay. room. I don't know. There's storms all over the whole rest of the world, and we can't quite you know figure out why. It would be a lot more fun if it was steampunk themed. Most things? Well, yes, but I was thinking football. Oh. <laughs> Not where I thought you were going. But sure. Also, Boy Meets World. Mm hmm. Steampunkify it. But anyway, Sean's going to college. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and yeah. The girl, the. Whoever it is from 3B, I don't even remember her name. Well, real quick, we do set up that in the in the scene in the classroom that Feeney is kind of being really hard on the whole class because he's frustrated at the at the lack of at the missing potential that Sean has. Mm-hmm. He has so much potential. Oh, the potential. But this is something I want to talk about. That's why I'm uh-huh. stopping. Okay. This whole potential thing. Because I was this kid that everyone was always like. He's just got so much potential. He just doesn't do anything with it. Because I was the kid who was always in the 95th percentile on standardized tests. Mm -hmm. Like, I always scored really well on the ability assessments and all that. And then I got mostly Cs. Um, For me, a C was the perfect grade. A B was okay. But a C was the perfect grade because an A meant I tried way too hard. Slacked Mm -hmm. off way too much. A D... Okay, I probably need to try a little harder. But a C or a B, ooh, that was that sweet spot. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was this I was this potential kid. And now looking back, I find this so stupid. Like, if you can't interest a kid in what you're teaching, like maybe that's on you. <laughs> maybe you should sure. find something to interest him. And this this episode demonstrates this throughout the rest of the episode kind of perfectly like maybe the problem is not with the kid mm-hmm. maybe it's with the, the system material. yeah or, or like general education because in classes where i was interested in the material or even had just a really good teacher who was really willing to invest i did a lot better mm-hmm. yeah because i mean the real drivers of learning are like you know curiosity mm-hmm. um being engaged with the material um, which means it's made interesting and relevant to your life in some way. Um, <clears throat> and so like Sean's not feeling any of those things. Um, he's clipping coupons in the bag of class. And um, at least when he goes to the college class, he's doing it because there's a girl, um, not for any interest in the subject matter, but that changes um, mm-hmm. because he's like, oh, I think this is very interesting and I seem to understand it, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe something he hasn't felt a lot before. Yeah. And I, I feel like the, like you have a lot of potential. It's like literally everybody has potential. Yeah. Like potential That's for something. a lot. Like, and so just like that, that kind of talk of like, or especially like thinking like gifted kids, mm-hmm. I feel like they get that said about them a lot, but it's like literally anybody could like achieve, achieve at high levels. Um, but instead, you're just like putting those resources with a few, like select few kids without really giving them the tools to carry that on to later life, um, which is like the problem. Like, I mean, that's kind of the meme these days of just like, I was a gifted kid, um, you know, 
It's like, right. But uh, all those gifted kids are like washed out now because they were never really challenged, never really pushed. And then when they right. face those things, they're like, oh, well, you know, I'm not instantly good at this thing. So I give up. Well, yeah. And they're motivated by very extrinsic things. Yeah. Their, their, their motivations were very, we have a friend, we won't name names, who has always done really great in school. He was in school for like 10 years because he always did great. Got out and has really struggled with life and constantly is thinking about going back to school. And it's like, because we've taught him constantly to be motivated by grades. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, and that, that the instant gratification of life that comes with grades. And what we haven't taught him is like, what is really important in life? Uh Like literally everything else. Yeah, like literally. That's the good stuff, actually. Literally everything else is the good stuff. It's true. Grades, whatever, because as soon as that class or whatever is done, like it doesn't, it literally doesn't matter. Yeah. And who gets together with their friends and talks about like that test you did a good, good on one time? No, you talk about like the times you did stupid stuff together. The, the times, times we played zombie apocalypse. The times it was super snowy and there was no school. We went and slid it down that big hill a hundred times on a table. Yep. Um, stuff like the, the actually living part. Yes. The actual living parts. And this whole potential thing, like it, it, it's driving me up a wall a little bit, which is why I wanted to bring it up. One, because I heard it my whole life. I was this kid um, who was constantly told about my potential. Um, well, Chance, maybe you should have just lived up to it. I know, right? Um, but now, now I work in special education. And you know who those people aren't saying anything about having potential? All those kids. All those kids. But do you know who is the light of that school and the sweetest people and the ones bringing the most joy to the people around them? All those kids. All those kids. <laughs> like, one of my favorite students. No one is talking about how much potential he has because he has limited motor skills, limited speech. But like when I think about the day, what I'm most excited about most of the time is seeing that kid. Like he, he's so funny. He constantly is like, chance, chance, dance, dance. And then I like do a little dance and he goes, and he, the reason he wanted me to dance was so he could go, good chance good chance it's your birthday it's your birthday chance good chance and like it makes my day every single time today he did it while i was walking by him in the hall and he just wanted to cheer me on and encourage me Mm -hmm. and like you know who's got potential is that kid Mm -hmm. he's going places he's going places he is a delight to everyone around him um yeah i guess when we hear the term potential because we're in a capitalist society it's potential to do what potential to earn and to make money and to produce yeah yeah it's potential to like fit in generate capital yeah which sucks it does suck i don't don't know i was just really thinking about that i was like you know these people wouldn't say my my student has potential my student is so much more delightful Mm -hmm. so i don't know it really rubbed me the wrong way when they were talking about all of Sean's potential. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, this is a this is a value judgment. We need to lose. We need to lose it fast. Mm-hmm. But Sean goes to college. He does. And the girl that he's there is like, hey, I saved you a seat. And he's like, no, no, I'm not sitting in the front because she saved two seats right up front. 
And he's like, come back here. And then the professor comes in. He's like, everybody sit down. You like right there. Mm-hmm. And he just like gets right into it. And they were talking about someone's theory. Yeah, I forget the thing. It's like, if you put two bulls exactly equidistant away from a dog and they have the exact same thing in them and they look the exact same, which one is the dog supposed to pick? And the theory is that the dog will starve because it can't decide which one's better. Which seems a bit silly. Well, but that's not the philosophical end goal of that Mm -hmm. analysis. Like the, the problem is to determine like human survival or not human life survival instincts versus like how they make decisions. Mm -hmm. Um, the philosophical problem is it really in which bull they will choose more than it is in the making a choice, the making a choice. Interesting. So. But then the professor asks Sean to make a dialectical argument. Yeah. So he says, uh, using dialectic reasoning, mm-hmm. which if you don't know out there, I am also a, a bit of a, I dabble in philosophy a little bit. Um, dab, I, I love cognitive science. Absolutely love cognitive science. So dialectic reasoning is a form of, you can call it debate, but it is the art of making an argument without rhetoric, which rhetoric basically is something trying something you use to try to convince someone of something. So you make an argument without rhetoric, uh, personal input or emotion. So a dialectic reason reasoning argument would be like i don't know i'm trying to think um this pizza place has more variety than this pizza place if you were trying to compare two pizza places and then a dialectic argument would be yeah they have more things on their menu thus they are they have a more diverse more variety right yeah where whereas like taste doesn't factor in um if you're the owner and you mm-hmm. are using rhetoric to try to say, yeah, they have more options, but they're bad. All those things. They have more quality is- ingredients or whatever, whatever secret recipe. So yeah, uh, rhetoric and dialectic are two sides of a coin. But rhetoric you probably wouldn't pose it that way. Huh? You just say, make an argument against that. Well, honestly, the what you would say is using no personal bias, make an argument make an argument in the opposite mm-hmm. and Sean's just like the one on the right <laughs> like really why okay the one on the left it doesn't matter he's not gonna starve because mm-hmm. he can't make a decision and the professor's just like oh you just jumped right ahead to whatever whatever i'm totally blanking on his name this is some riveting podcast I think, stuff i think it's chopin that that's I a piano player a, a piano player a composer oh yeah chopin Copenhauer. Schopenhauer? I don't remember. I'm tired too. It's Schopenhauer. We yeah. both had a long week. It's Friday night. Um, uh, with kind of some of his thoughts. And he's like, you want to take a shot at free will? And Do I really have a choice? <laughs> oh, I'm going to need to take a break. This is the most like... Nonsense. Well, it's the most like, if you're joking about what a college philosophy class is going to be like, like the the famous line that everyone tries to tell the 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 apocryphal story is like a teacher a philosophy teacher sat down in his uh, students for a final and they're like describe the chair and the one kid just ter- wrote down what chair and turned it in and got an A plus got him <laughs> yeah and it's like 
it's so much that of like philosophy doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, that's, that's stupid. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember in college taking an Asian philosophy class, which is, um, I mean, even the professor was like, that's a really reductive statement. Um, but we looked into like Confucianism and Buddhism and Hinduism and kind of some, some of the thinking kind of going on behind those, which was really interesting, especially coming from like the Bible belt mm-hmm. and like, hearing some different kind of thinking, but it definitely wasn't like that nonsense. Like we would read different texts like Confucius and like the Bhagavad Gita and stuff like that and kind of just talk about what sort of things they were talking about within the books. It was like really interesting, but it was like not being ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. One of, I love cognitive science um, and cognitive science philosophy is kind of like a realm of cognitive science, but it's like the science of how like mind and reality and all that work. Um, cognitive science really gets to like the conceptual level of things. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I've been really into like the conceptuality of like faith and belief and all this stuff lately. Um, so I'm a big fan of cognitive science. Um, and thus I'm a big fan of philosophy to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. And I think people, I might be getting a little too into this, but I'm going to finish my statement anyway. I think like people are like, that's stupid. Why would you question stuff like that? When a philosopher would say like concepts like religion, um, clubs, corporations, um, social groups, races, none of them exist. They're all concepts that do not exist apart from the discussion taking place about those types of things. Mm -hmm. So a philosopher will get into like what makes things up and not assume that just because there's a word for it or an idea about it, that it's a real thing because there is no such thing. I'll I'll just take a business because I talked about it with Tanya a little bit in that episode. Like there is no such thing as a corporation paperwork exists we can go touch and feel paperwork Mm -hmm. Uh, workers exist upper management exists Um, agreements exist but all of those things none of them are a corporation a corporation isn't real Mm -hmm. it's a concept that we have created made up out of those things Mm -hmm. yeah i remember in our um, asian philosophy class kind of talking about we were talking about the idea of like if you're in a stadium and, you know, people start doing the wave mm-hmm. and it's like, is that actually a wave? Mm-hmm. Like what you're witnessing. And it's like, no, it's not. It's a person standing up and sitting down. And it's just a lot of people doing that, but that's all it is. It's just a person standing up and sitting down, but it looks like a wave and it behaves like a wave because of just the way that it works. But it's, it's not really a wave. So it's that same kind of idea where it's like the discussion around it is what makes it the thing. thing. Yeah, exactly. And, and I feel like people don't like to think about things and like to have things spoon fed, especially in the nineties, especially in the nineties when like, you know, they're, they're pushing college, but they're also kind of like mocking highbrow things. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's what this class is doing. Like free will. Do I really have a choice? Oh, I got to go sit down. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like that idea of like, all you've got to do is say nonsense. Yeah. (laughs) And you can do philosophy. And it's like, no, like there's a discussion to be had here. uh, Challenging these general Mm -hmm. conceptions. 
Yeah. It's not just pithy quotes and. Yeah. And like. Saying like the. What chair. Uh-huh. Like stuff like that. Yeah. Real thinking from real people about real things. That being said. Made up things. Too. All that being said, I actually like this scene. Uh-huh, yeah. I mean, it's really fun. It um, shows like. And, and while I think it's ridiculous and stupid the way like philosophy is um, presented, I used air quotes there just so everyone knows. Nobody did. When I, uh, I think it's ridiculous, but at the same time, on the flip side of that, it is showing like Sean thinks differently. Sean mm-hmm. is maybe naturally gifted at thinking outside the box. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's just kind of showing and he's kind of like, oh, Am I good at this? Like, do I understand mm-hmm. something that seems like like it would be really complicated? Um, which is a nice feeling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even though I think the setup is ridiculous and the way it plays out is ridiculous, like they're wanting to show us that Sean actually has a real talent for this, mm-hmm. which cut to the next scene where Sean is vigorously studying and writing he's like i'm writing writing a paper about schopenhauer yeah and Corey's like no you got to come to class and he's like Corey, why do i need this i'm already in college which he's not you can't just show up and attend a class like that professor shouldn't have graded his paper why he has he has a roster like he knows like if you had somebody that just showed up in your class and was turning in work you're like i'm not going to grade this Like, I have too many things to do to grade something that I don't need to worry about in this moment. You see, I maybe disagree with that, because I would say probably most teachers would assume, oh, must be a problem with, like... I guess that's true. (laughs) He's like, oh, there's just a problem with uh, enrollment or... Yeah, it'll work itself out. Uh I don't want him to not get the grades that he deserves or Mm -hmm. something. Yeah, but the jig's going to be up eventually. Well, yeah, sure. Um, he's like, I got to write this paper. And Corey like picks up his book and his notebook. He's like, no, we have to go to class. Like if you don't graduate, like you don't go to college, mm-hmm. which is true. Like you don't get to go and take those kinds of classes without, you know, finishing high school. Yeah. But to Sean's point, those requirements are arbitrary and not moral or nature-based, but in, entirely uh but entirely societal based and societal based based on preconceptions of racism classism mm. <laughs> you get them chance and capitalism oh, yes as we've said we talked about that one for sure but he doesn't go to class he leaves Corey's like i'm not going to cover for you like i'm done and then he goes in and feeney's like where's mr hunter <laughs> he just immediately starts covering for him yeah and he gets a 500-word essay, which isn't very much. No. Seems and then he like keeps nothing. arguing, and it's moved to 1,000. And then Topanga's like, that's not fair. And then he gets 2,000. Mm-hmm. And Topanga keeps arguing about it. And then it's 2,000 for everybody. Yeah. About what it means to be a true friend and really yeah. care for your friends. Um, yeah. So that happens. And Mr. Feeney goes out. Does he go out to talk to Sean? Yeah, this is when he goes to talk to Sean. And he suspends him. because He's like, you're not in class. Like you're mm-hmm. suspended um, and students who are suspended can't be in the school. So you need to leave. Yeah. And Corey's like, how could you do this? It's a senior year. How could you suspend someone? They're a senior year. And that's, you know, more potential stuff. Yeah. 
He's like, I'm tired of watching bright students like Sean Hunter waste that potential. Mm-hmm. You know, just normal stuff. He's like, you got to keep trying. You got to win him over. And he's like, I've tried. Yeah. I've, I've done all that I can figure out to do. And it's not and, working. And Feeney is being very unfeeny here to me. Uh-huh. Yeah, it doesn't being, feel right. Well, he's just like, I get that he's like frustrated with Sean. And they're trying to paint like he's getting more frustrated with Sean. And that's bleeding over into how he's teaching. Like, I get all that. But at the same time, like Feeney's not trying to get to the root of anything. Mm-hmm. Feeney's not like he's not being very Feeney about it. No, he's not asking like, well, what are you doing that's keeping you out of class? Mm-hmm. Like you're not clipping coupons. What is that you're working on? Uh-huh. What do you got there? Um, and I know that they need to do that so Sean can learn the lesson on his own. Blah mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. Yeah, but, but Feeney just... would have put in more effort than he did. I honestly thought. I honestly thought that we would go into this episode giving Feeney MVP and um, declaring Feeney a good teacher officially. <laughs> I, I really did. I was like, oh, this is going to be a great Feeney episode. Mm-hmm. And I realized it's, really not. It's, it's not. He has one good line at the end that we'll get to. But like, this is like mad, like, you should respect me just for the sake of respecting me kind of Feeney. Mm-hmm. It's just like never a thing I care for. No, it doesn't. It doesn't feel good. Um, yeah. Or even like, what does respect mean? Mm-hmm. Like, respect means I'm an authority and you need to listen to me. End of yeah. discussion, which isn't. isn't you really should it. respect me because you should respect me. Uh-huh. Obviously. Yeah. That's my dialectical reasoning. <laughs> but that's in and of itself rhetoric. <laughs> No, it's completely unbiased chance. <laughs> um, there's lots of philosophers who say dialectic reasoning doesn't exist. But anyway. Um, but then we're back in the philosophy class and Corey comes and tries trying to get Sean out of there. But then he ends up being stuck in the class. Mm-hmm. And the professor is like, you, I, f- I forget exactly what he's saying. Or he's well, like, he, he's like life, life, death, mortality. What are your thoughts? He's like, oh, I'm just visiting. Oh, we're all just visiting. And he's like, yes. Like, that's bull. You think you can just come in here and throw a few things around, like try to say something cute. You've won me over. And he's like, I would like to not be here. He's like, now we're getting somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, sorry, I'm getting a little heated. I just wonder how many of you should still be in high school. And then I was looking for it. I couldn't tell. Like, watch it again at home. You make your own decision. I was wondering if he was, like, kind of looking at Sean, like, Mm -hmm. the reason he's mad is because Sean didn't do as well on his paper as he wanted him to. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he passes the papers out and Sean gets an F. He's like, Uh no, I know this stuff. Like, I actually tried yeah. Um, and he hands it to Sean. He's like, looks at Corey, and I didn't even get yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and Sean's like, and he's like, well, other than some promising ideas, it's poorly written, sloppily researched, and filled with grammatical errors. Uh-huh. You need to know the basics when you get in here. I can't teach them to you. And that is how I know not a single writer on Boy Meets World 
has ever been in a peer reviewing English comp class in college because every single paper that every single student writes is trash garbage fire. Uh-huh. I didn't even, I never took comp. I took AP in high school and got a high enough score on the test. And I didn't have to take comp, but I have no doubt in my mind that there was just a lot of garbage that comes out of that class. Yeah. Like in all, in both of my comp classes, which were two with two different teachers, we had to like write papers and then review each other's papers. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and every t- paper I got, and I am not a gram- grammatical genius. I write in a very like simplistic style. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a good conceptual writer, but not a great technical writer, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Um, Academic writing. Yeah. It's like, name. yeah, it's just not, there's too many punctuations. I just want there to be commas and periods and question marks. That's all you need. Um, but yeah, so I'm not a great technical writer, but when I get people's papers, I'm like, why are these five sentences one sentence? Mm-hmm. What is what is happening here? Like I need to be broke. I need to be broken. Like, and there are people. Like I know there are people who get through college every single day who don't know where to put a comma. Uh-huh. I mean, if Facebook has taught us anything, it's that nobody knows. It's true. Nobody and knows anything. I will never forget in college when I learned that there used to be two spaces after a period instead of just one. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's pushback against that. There's not always two. You can do one. Well, but see, in my world, there's always only been one. Uh-huh. But in a previous world, there used to be two. And now there's like, which one is it? It's the Wild West, baby. And I'm Nobody just like, knows. We're ma- we made all this up. We made all of it up. That's the philosophy, Chance. It's the philosophy of language. There is all made up. As an English language. We just all agree on a set of like languages. Loose- languages, arbitrary symbols. Like that's the basis of language. It it doesn't the sound ad doesn't mean anything. Yeah, we give it the meaning. Like that's the but, whole, that's the whole point. And we assign a letter. We we assign a symbol to it that we call a letter. Yeah, and it does it on its own. It doesn't mean anything. And collective usage changes meanings all the time. Mm-hmm. There's lots of punctuation that we just don't really use anymore because it's unnecessary. Ain't language grand? And it's just like. I don't know. Is there a basics of the English language? Like, um, I mean, no language is really simple. Right. Every language is complex and, and complicated. Um, so to an extent, probably, but like, it doesn't matter what language you're speaking. There's grammatical complexity going on. Um, like, well, yeah. And dialectic complexity. Like, yeah, there's a lot. There's, what there's, John, there's probably what no simple, simple basic thing because it's just built so much yeah but like someone who has grown up in the creole south like writing a paper with someone who grew up in california are gonna have entirely different basics when it comes to writing well writing there is more of a unified in terms of writing it's more i'm I'm more talking about structure because like where the pauses are going to be different how things are spelled are going to be different like eh, eh, we don't need to get into all that well but i i do think it's important well, i think it's important like thinking of the episode it's yeah. like there's no reason that you would think a college student would come in knowing exactly how to write everything perfect 
Exactly. Yeah. That's my point. Is like do. my point is that college teachers teach the basics all the time mm-hmm. because they have to. Because they have to, because some college teachers want things in one format, and some teachers want things in MLA format, and mm-hmm. some teachers want things APA. Yeah. Even in my like my master's program that I just did, like we had, especially for a research class that I took, like we had a whole class where we talked about like what is academic writing, mm-hmm. and like how do you do that? And it's like that's a that's a we're at a master's level, <laughs> and we're still learning how to like do it. Yeah. Yeah, that's my point is like the thing that kind of kills Sean that this thing is trying to drive home isn't real, isn't isn't real. And it's kind of like frustratingly narrow minded. Yeah. Like, I feel like literature is the main uh, 12th grade English thing in our school. Mm -hmm. So like they're not learning the basics of sentence structure anyway. Like the class I was covering for not too long ago, like they were reading the Green Knight. Like, okay, so they're learning translated old English uh-huh. basics. Yeah, I think my junior year was composition and then senior year was lit. But even then, it's just like a year. Mm-hmm. And like we learned a lot. Like it was an AP class. That's the one that I did well in. Um, and like we learned a lot and we worked really hard, but we worked really hard because it was an AP class. So it's like in the regular class, like most normal people who would graduate and go to college didn't have that same foundation that I did from being at like the higher level class where a whole lot more was expected of us. So it's just like your average person going to college just doesn't have that foundation that they're talking about expecting you to have. Yeah. That that high school is supposed to give you, Mm -hmm. which is like such bull. A lot of the teachers I know don't know how to write the way this guy wants Sean to write this paper. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like sloppily researched. It's like this is an undergrad class. Yeah, nobody knows. Nobody knows how to do that. In my mind, he was saying like your sources are sl- cited sloppily or something. Mm-hmm. Like that. I don't know. But yeah, still, teachers, nobody knows how to do that. <laughs> teachers have to teach the basics all the time in college because the what the ba- what the basics are varies and it's different. And at least, no, I guess in undergrad, because I, I mean, I was an English major, so I feel like I did a lot of writing. Mm-hmm. And so we would have a lot of like little papers. It's like, I feel like in one class we had like every, we had like 15 papers of like short two page, but they had to be like the tightest two pages you ever wrote. Um, Not like two pages of, there's no room for fluff in those, but it's like the bigger assignments, like it seems like Sean's paper was, it's like, you had a long time to work on that. And you'd have like office hours and like a writing lab that you could go to for help. And there's like, no one, no one expects that because it's not a life, like a life skill mm-hmm. for most people. Like most people will take comp one and comp two and then not really write again. Yeah. Yeah. They might write a few more papers in college. Like but- in college, but then after college, like you're not really doing that anymore unless you're in a specific field. Right. And yeah, I, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, I feel like earlier in, in the season, we like built Eric up as something that he wanted and we tore it down for arbitrary reasons. And now to a lesser extent, but maybe a more frustrating extent, like we're doing it to Sean. It's not like he's entitled to like this, but more like, hey, he's good at this thing. But we need to make some arbitrary reason why he's bad at this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and bothered. Yeah. So anyway, that's enough about writing. Um, yeah. But so they leave. Corey runs out <laughs> also. 
I can't even remember what was said. I'm so tired. My my brain isn't working to remember what I I feel like Corey said something as he's leaving the class. And I just don't, don't remember what it is. I don't either. Oh yeah. He, um, he just turns to him and he goes Schopenhauer. He's like, bye. (laughs) He runs out. Yeah. That's about it. I am so curious what Sean's paper was about. Uh Because it's like, they're just throwing all of these like philosophy terms Mm -hmm. at the screen. Like the, the dog experiment. I don't remember what it's called. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There is a funny bit at the beginning of this scene where Sean's like there and all the kids are around him. Cause he's like this guru. Uh He's like the cool kid in class who knows the philosophy. He's the cool kid because he knows the subject matter. Not because he's just like the cool kid. Yeah. And he's like, I think the key to understanding Nietzsche is to read him in his original German. <laughs> and then the the woman that he came to the class was just like, tutor me. Yeah, like like basically saying have sex with me. Uh-huh. Oh, but tutor like, me. But tutor me. It's like, oh, tutor me. <laughs> she is turned on. Uh huh. By his yeah. reading of Nietzsche. Yeah, but they're talking about like three different philosophers and like structuralism and dialectic reasoning and mortality and um the purpose of life and the meaning of life and uh-huh. it's like what's happening right now? What is what is Sean's paper about? Yeah, what are they I don't even know. Nobody knows. But yeah, he's pretty defeated because of this. And then we um the final scene for here or with with this kind of storyline is Corey and his parents are coming back home. Feeney's sitting in the backyard, sort of moping, I guess, feeling a bit defeated, perhaps, mm-hmm. at the end of his rope with Sean. <laughs> they walk back and Amy's like, hey, we went to Glacier's. You want some yogurt? I guess like frozen yogurt place. Um, and then Corey where whispers got, to her. Where they just got an extra frozen yogurt? Apparently. Um, I guess that's what you do. It was in a bag, like a to-go bag. Um yep. But like, Corey, each one of them has an individual. Yeah, it's very strange. Just, Maybe you like, just got one to bring home. You know, why not? Save you a trip later. But Corey whispers something to his mom, and then she's like, "Why can't we offer him yogurt?" And he's just like, "Don't you understand the point of a whisper?" <laughs> um, but he's upset with Mister Feeney for suspending Sean. Um, and Amy's just like, "Why did you do that?" And Feeney kind of explains. Um, Sean shows up, just really defeated, feeling like he can't do it. Um, he shows Feeney his paper and Feeney's reading it. And he's like, this whole thing is one sentence. Yeah. Um, he's like, but like the bones are good. Like your understanding seems to be good. It's interesting how he like seems more positive on the paper than the college professor. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know who's right. Well, what they're trying to show is. Feeney's that... an idiot and he doesn't really know what he's talking about. I, That's I, not I, true. I got... Don't come at me for that statement. Yeah, what they're showing is like the college professor expects ideas at a college level with also a firm grasp of the basics. Feeney is trying to teach a firm grasp of the basics and is impressed by Sean's philosophical understanding at a college level. Mm-hmm. So like, your basics are bad. Yeah. But your, your understanding of the material seems to be good. Like you're talented at this thing. Mm-hmm. Which is good to hear. Yeah. And like good affirmation. Um, he's like, you come, you need to come back to class and maybe I can like throw in a little Schopenhauer 
here and there to like keep you interested. And he's like, you know, Schopenhauer. He's like, probably not as much as you, but I'm learning. Like, um, yeah, but I can learn. Which I feel like is like a really good. Yeah, that's the great teacher moment. That's the moment that I thought was going to get Feeney the like MVP and mm-hmm. like our, our our final endorsement. Like Feeney is a good teacher. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I, I feel like that like vulnerability, like that honesty with your students that like I don't know everything and I'm learning the same as you about all sorts of stuff. And that's like a really important conversation to have rather than being like, I'm this academic in an ivory tower who's like unassailable in terms of my understanding of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's a good teacher that like, excuse me, I think it's a good teacher who like finds what their student is interested in and builds on that. Mm-hmm. Instead yeah, of just- I mean, that's like the whole basis. It's like, you want to make connections. You want to like build on their background, mm-hmm. like whatever. It's like, especially in, I mean, a long time before that, but like education was extremely teacher centered. And I mean, it still is in a lot of places. I'm sure being in schools, you see, a lot of classrooms that are that way. Mm-hmm. My own classroom is often that way just because I feel like it's the easier thing to do. Um, and like, especially for control. Yeah. <laughs> if you're trying to manage a big class, it's really hard to say you guys are in the driver's seat and you're going to be like, the focus is on you guys. Um, but like, I feel like that's just an important thing is to make learning learner centered. Yeah. Where they're in the driver's seat of a lot of things rather than just like, you know, I'm Plato surrounded by all my students and I'm talking and you're listening because mm-hmm. that's can be interesting, but most of the time isn't most of the time isn't. Yeah. And it's not like individually geared, gearing your students towards their strengths and interests. Don't get me wrong. I am not one of those people who's like, you can be completely math illiterate if you really love philosophy. I think teaching people that they don't always have to like the things that they're doing are good. Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a good thing, though. I think it should be taught and not expected. Uh-huh. <laughs> and like, I think they're going to be much more willing to do those things that they don't like doing or they're not interested in doing. If you are also presenting material that they are interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, mean, I feel like that's a good, life lesson of just like not everything you do in life are you going to enjoy yeah and it doesn't everything you do in life doesn't hinge on whether you enjoy it or not right nobody not nobody but nobody likes to sit down and do their taxes but you have to do them Mm -hmm. exactly but i think and i feel like that's a good thing to teach but we don't really teach that we're just like no this is school you have to do Mm -hmm. your history and it's like well but i hate history it's like well this is school you have to do it instead of teaching like hey Sorry, you got to do it. Like, these are the reasons why. Well, and you picked a poor example, Chance, because that's on the teacher to make it interesting because it is. Sure, yeah. And so much, like, even my fifth graders are like, I hate social studies. But the reason they hate social studies is because there's so much emphasis on reading and on math that they never get to do social studies. Mm-hmm. And it's just crammed in there and it's not interesting. It's not connected to anything. And so like I'm teaching about, like we're talking about the start of the American revolution, which is just really interesting stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but they are like, eh, because they've not been given the chance to love it yeah. before. Exactly. So that's the other, that's the other piece. It's like, yeah, you, you're going to do things that you don't enjoy, but it's like, there's also a really tremendous opportunity to learn to enjoy things you don't automatically enjoy. Yeah. But I was actually thinking of a particular student that I was with for uh, several weeks and like, they love technology, but they hate history. But when ideas of like the history of technology came up, they got really excited. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, 
So teach, in your case, the American Revolution, but through what kind of technology was going on at the time? Like, what were the Redcoats' technological advantages? And through teaching about the Redcoats' technological technological advantages you can teach like the individual events of the revolutionary war mm-hmm. yeah it's a there's there's just ways mm-hmm. wheels within wheels yeah but so often we're like no this is the system like mm-hmm. you need to fit the system and i that's the wrong thing. huh and i said and it's just wrong i agree all right but i think we did it well i i, I don't know that we finished the scene we haven't? oh we we did oh, we didn't we did and we didn't Sorry. Again, my well, brain doesn't work. Basically, Beanie lets him come back to class. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we said that. And and I, think, I think we did. He said, yeah, he said to come back. And then I the Schopenhauer thing, and then that's the end. Uh-huh. And then the tag at the end with the Matthews family being crazy with the yeah, love being people. real crazy. That probably, <clears throat> for me at least, loses Corey the MVP. Uh, Morgan MVP? No. <laughs> you should try living with them. <laughs> That is a good line, though. Uh But now we've done it. Now we finished the episode. Now we finished the episode. We certainly talked about it a lot. Well, we talked about half of it a lot. Yeah, there are good things. It deserves a lot of good conversation Mm -hmm. because it's that, like, I don't know, that dumb understanding of college compared to like some real interesting things to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it isn't so much the merits of the show that are worth talking about, but rather the things that it skirts around. Yeah, but also I just. I like the Sean episode. I, I'm pretty critical of it. Mm-hmm. I don't like the things it's got to say. Yeah. Um, I just think it's, well, true to it being a 90s show, kind of old fashioned. Yeah. So I think for my rating, I'm going to have to average the two different plot lines. Mm-hmm. I feel like the Jack and Eric is like a four, but I feel like the Sean is like an eight. And so then we'd be like at a six. Yeah, I was actually kind of thinking six two for a similar reason. Like I, you know, if I'm gonna give this a percentage, I'm gonna give like Sean and Eric basically a zero. <laughs> um, but I'm gonna give the other like sixty percent of the episode like a thumbs up. Mm-hmm. So I might as well give it like a like a sixty. Yeah. So sixty percent of the episode was good. Yeah. So I'll give it a six as well. All right. Not not loving these Sean and or not Sean, uh, Jack and Eric plot. Yeah, I don't feel like we've really hit that first great episode of season five. I, I like the first two episodes. I don't know. They're not great for sure, mm-hmm. but I like yeah, They're good, but I just don't feel like we've hit that like classic, this is it. We found the new formula with mm-hmm. the new people and everybody's kind of hitting their spots. Hitting their stride, yeah. yeah. So. I, hate, I hate the last episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like more than I thought I would. Yeah. So who's your MVP? It's got to be Sean. There's no yeah, one. He's else. really the only one that has much of any sort of redeeming quality. I was prepared for it to be the Love Boat guys, just because we love to give it to those guest stars, but they were fine. Uh huh. Definitely not the dean. Definitely not the dean. Definitely not girl in three B. <laughs> Which one? Any of them? No, Dude, none of them have been man. good yet. Definitely not the philosophy professor. Actually, I love him. Well, but, yeah, but you know, he's he's troubling. Luckily, we'll get to see him again in this very show, <laughs> and I might give him the MVP then. We'll see because of what he says to Eric. Well, we've got some time. <laughs> if you didn't, if you're listening, you're like, "What are they talking about?" He, the actor, pops back up again as a different character, but I'm in reality, it's the same character because. Uh-huh. It's we'll really get the there. Character. I don't know if we'll have to do that or not. We'll get there. We'll see. Um, 
So yeah, Sean MVP, Boy Meets Philosophy. Boy Meets Schopenhauer? Boy Meets Dialectical Reason. Corey never meets dialectic reason. No, he doesn't. Corey meet or boy meets the reason, the, the meaning of life. Oh, that's good. That's good. Boy meets just visiting. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> just visiting. Boy meets just visiting. Boy meets just visiting. There it is. Yeah. Uh, and it's worth mentioning that I'm I'm interested in this arc we're about to start following. Mm-hmm. I like, yeah i feel like late last season we got a moment where like maybe sean is deeper like maybe there's a deeperness to, to sean than we've ever had yeah i definitely in bnb's bnb um but i feel like there's another episode too but this is showing like sean is deeper and people people say a lot of the time that at some point they just flip a switch and sean changes but this we get a little bit of that old Sean and a little bit of artistic Sean. And I'm interested to follow the arc and see how mm-hmm. spontaneous or drawn out. Yeah. <clears throat> yes, we'll see. I agree. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited to follow it is what I'm saying. Uh, but now it's time for our most beloved new segment. Limit break. It's the limit break. I'm still playing Final Fantasy X. Omni slash your way into that Final Fantasy talk. Mm-hmm. We're Omni slashing. Um, and I'm really enjoying it. It's a good one. I'm pretty, I think I'm pretty close to the end. Um, well, you had Kaminari Viruso, right? Yeah. Kamari fought the Ronso guys. Yeah. So yeah, you're pretty, you're in the final I'm, area. I, yeah. I'm, I'm at Mount Gag, Gag Gazette. Yeah. Headed into Xanark. And I think, I'm, I mean, I'm close to the part where you can start going between areas again, mm-hmm. which I think will be nice. I don't. I don't want it to be over. Um, it will end soon. I know, but then there's ten too. But that's very different from what I've heard. Um, but it's just good. Like I just love all the characters. The party members are all really cool. Yeah. Um, I wish they had a little more depth. Like they just got more time to explore each of them. But I feel yeah. like that's that's pretty classic Final Fantasy. I feel that Yuna and Titus are well developed. Uh, Riku is my ba- biggest disappointment because I feel like so many interesting things you could do with her, but you end up not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you Waka just... and Lulu kind of have a little bit of backstory kind of built in. Yeah, especially a as you're bit. at the especially when you're at the end and you're like they're talking about the times when they were guardians before mm-hmm. and like the summoners they were with that died or like gave up yeah well and a lot of waka's backstory is built into blitzball as well mm-hmm. which i haven't really gotten into i just don't like it i just don't care for it oh i i got into it i just don't i don't want to and i feel like that's valid that's a valid way to play it's not you're not. You haven't even dodged 200 lightning bolts. I haven't gone back to that area. Gotta dodge those 200 lightning bolts. What is Lulu going to do without her ultimate weapon? In a row or just in total? I think it's in a row. I think you can't be hit. Oh my gosh. That sounds terrible. I think it's... What am I, a 14-year-old boy with nothing better to do? Yeah, pretty much. I'm a 33-year-old man with nothing better to do. Exactly. Uh, 10-2 is great. Or, I mean, 10-1 is great. I never I'm played 10-2. never played 10-2, but I'm going to. Um, I've also started downloading some different Final Fantasy mobile games. Oh, I'm so sorry. Um, So I'm currently digging a little bit into Final Fantasy Record Keeper, um, which is interesting enough. Um, it's just a little 2D. You play through different little battles that are like the battles in the different games and you unlock the characters. So my current party is Ishtola from 14, Kane 
from four, Vivi from nine, Cloud. And Vivi are two good choices. Cloud from seven and Titus from ten. Okay, those are pretty solid. I've also got just a straight regular black mage and white mage. Um, Tifa, Yuna, Waka, Lulu. I just got Cecil um, and Noctis from 15 okay so that's who all i've got but you're not going through a story with any of these characters so i don't really care about it no but it's just kind of the fun of having a little party with cloud and i mean there is this like a story to it but it's like pretty weak um so it's so not my it- rating i don't know if i'll play it for very long but there are a few others that i'm interested in there's like a tactics style one um called brave exvius Something. Oh, I've heard that one is one of the worst. Um, well, there's two. There's Final Fantasy Brave Exvius. That's just like pure gasha ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I forget what it. War of the something. And Final Fantasy is not Final Fantasy to me without the story. And the mm-hmm. But this one has, does have a story. The not the record keeper, but the the tactical one has a story. So oh, we'll heard, see. I've heard nothing but bad things about the Brave whatever. Well, there's two. There's two. So I'll report back. Okay. I'm just diving in this year. But that's all for that. Um, the limit has been broken. In the words of Lindsay Lohan in Mean Girls, the limit does not exist. The limit does not exist. Um, yeah. So is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Brave E-X-V-I-U-S is the one I've just heard awful, awful things about. Um, the one where you can have um, Katy Perry and Ariana Grande as units. I didn't know that. Yeah. <clears throat> War of the Visions. Oh, that's the tactical one. I don't know. Is that, that the really bad one? No, it's the Brave Evictus or whatever. Exvius, I believe. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but I've heard nothing but bad about it. Fine. Glad I'm just going to dig into this not as good side of Final Fantasy also. What were you, what were you saying before I looked that up? Um, is there anything else you wanted to mention? Um, right now, no one has gotten it, um, but we did a Wordle. Um, I might do these every few days or so. A Boy Meets World Wordle. Boy Meets Wordle. Yeah, Boy Meets Wordle is what I called it. Um, right now, we've only had Mandy Dow um try and they are on their second guess and haven't gotten it um we will report next week if they got it um since we will have moved on by the next week um the answer to the first uh wordle was essay it took cameron three guesses Mm -hmm. to get it because i chose it um and yeah we're just kind of riding that trend and it might be a fun thing to do on twitter just like do a couple times weekly wordle yeah because everyone loves it everybody loves wordle um we want to say thank you to Dizzy Parker for the use of our theme song. You can find the video that that song is from in the episode's description. And from there, find all of his other wonderful stuff. Be sure to check us out on Twitter. You can play some Boy Meets Wordle. Yep, Boy Meets um, Wordle on Check Twitter. us out on Instagram. There are no games. We are only serious over there on Insta. But still posting semi-regularly, at least every week, with the new episode. Um, mm-hmm. Try to post some stuff here and there, too. Um, you can check us out there. You can also send us an email at, um, send that email to bgworldfever at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And we will happily read your um, email on the air. If we- it's- if it's nice and you want us to if, if you're wondering why have we done three episodes without a guest why all of this we knew that these three episodes weren't gonna be the best 
even though I was presently surprised by Boy Meets the Real World. Um, but we're we're heading into the, like the time. We've got a good run. We've got a good run coming up. We've got a good run of guests coming up. Um, some favorite returning. Um, some new ones. Some, I mean, we're we're we've got the crossover with Debatable coming mm-hmm. in a few weeks. So we got we got some good episodes coming up. So if you've been like, man, these last three episodes have kind of been boring and just the two of them and bummer. Stay tuned. Buckle up, friends, because we got some guests coming. We got some guests coming. We got some great guests coming and some some really iconic episodes to talk about. And I don't think we're boring. I'm just saying. We, we sure did talk a lot about often. college paper writing in this episode, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Far more than you would expect from a Boy Meets World podcast, I'm sure. I talk about the cognitive science of concept a lot. <laughs> uh-huh. So, you know, talked about the nature of language. This yeah, is true. We just had a good time. You know, just normal normal stuff. Normal business. But I just want to assure everybody out there, we've got some great guests coming. we got some great guests lined up. Um and we've got some great iconic episodes to talk about. I mean, after these three episodes, the rest of this season is kind of hit after hit after hit as mm-hmm. far as like iconography goes. Mm-hmm. Um, our next kind of non-iconic episode is probably a very Topanga Christmas episode 11, mm-hmm. which I mean, is just not a... It's fine. It's whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do want to encourage everyone to go on Twitter and t- tweet at Travis McElroy and tell him that he needs to come on our show. Love it. Cause I, I mean, I've done it a couple of times. I've reached out, but haven't heard anything. So we'll send our legion of like three people who regularly interact with us on Twitter <laughs> to, uh, go after him. Yeah. It's time. It's time. It's time. A McElroy brother will be on BG World Fever. Mm-hmm. It's not true. It could be Griffin. It could be Justin. I'm fine with either of those two. It's true. But I just feel like Travis is the is the right one. Is the get. You and I could go camp out in Austin until we find Griffin McElroy. Mm-hmm. I bet if I contacted Chris Plant, he would respond Ooh. and get me there. I would love to get Chris Plant on the show. He's one of my favorites. Russell Frussell? Russell Frussell. He was on CNBC or something. Anyway. We're just Blizzard Activision stuff. We're just being silly billies right we now. We are. We're very tired. Sure, I am very tired. Oh, please so anyway, darkest before bed. Mm-hmm. So that's all I've got. That's all I've got. So from all of us here at Boy Meets World Fever, so long, world. So long, world. When this boy meets world.